Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host out here in Las Vegas. Your other host, James Salinas, out in the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. James, how are you? It's all good out here, Pritch. We got a lot of stuff happening out here in Denver. We got a couple playoff series and a couple of sports going down. Uh, but still, the talk of the town is the National Football League and Aaron Rodgers out here. But we're going to pass on that because we got lots of actionable sports betting topics we can discuss. Right, absolutely. So, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. The Avs, the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, and then you have the Nuggets. Could have an MVP on that roster, but yet the talk in Denver is still Aaron Rodgers. That's crazy. Talking Denver's, uh, <laughs> Pritch, if, well, you play, you played for the Broncos. The, Denver is always going to be a Broncos town's first. Right. I don't care. The Avs could have a parade and win the Stanley Cup again. It's been 20 years since they've done. They did that. They did that twice uh, in the span of five years when they first started here back in 95, 96. Uh, they could do that. The Nuggets could win the title and have a parade. <laughs> and still in the midst of these parades, uh, it's going to go someplace past, in, uh, past Mile High Stadium. And still the talk is going to be about the Denver Broncos. It is always going to yeah. be Broncos first year, but still exciting times considering that the Nuggets and the Abs are playing so well and, and suited pretty favorably in these playoff runs. Yeah, we'll get to those. Maybe people aren't talking about them because they couldn't see them. They couldn't watch them this year because of Kroenke and this TV deal that uh, they have a stalemate on. But let's get to it uh, with the NBA because of the play-in situation. Are you a fan of the play-in games? I think it made it more exciting as far as yesterday. Think about the drama. Think about all the impact that play-in games had on a number of games yesterday, a number of teams yesterday, and some interesting outcomes that we saw. We saw some really big point spreads, and we mm -hmm. saw some teams go way and, and hammer those point spreads. And then, I don't know, did we see some teams kind of tank it? <laughs> yes, as far as did. teams <laughs> that were in the playoffs. Not teams tanking that were trying to look for more ping-pong balls in the hopper or however they're going to do the, the draft lottery this year. But... I'm talking about teams that are actually in the playoffs looking at seeding. It's one thing if you're trying to move up for seeding. Absolutely, I totally get it. But there's some discussion about how teams performed out there based on not wanting to be in certain seeds mm -hmm. and trying to avoid teams. I'm going to tell you what, Pritch, if that was really the case, and we got plenty of time to, to start reading into some of these teams before the, you know, the play-in is going to be happening over the next few days and then the actual full playoffs, one through eight in each conference as far as seeding go, we'll get it. They'll get it on coming this weekend. I want to do some more digging because some of these teams that really did not put out much of an effort yesterday where seeding could have been an issue and moved up in the seeding. If that's your goal and you're trying to avoid certain teams, Pritch, I, I want to know how you feel about that because for me, it's like that is not a winner's mentality. If you're trying to avoid a certain seed because you're avoiding a certain team that you don't want to face, you're going to have to face that, that team at some point in the, in the playoffs anyhow. And if you're developing this mindset that you're going to try to avoid certain teams and find other teams that fit your fit your style of play to me that's not a, a winning mentality and I'm not sure how long you're going to last in these kind of playoffs yeah you know what it leads me into my question to you about uh the betting approach so to answer your question like my sport it's hard to turn it off and turn it on I mean I think at the end of the season if you know you're going to make the playoffs you know you're going to host a, a game or you're going to be on the road in the playoffs okay we can rest some guys and you kind of turn it off that way but in the NBA, we know that they turn it off and then turn it on, uh, and in particular, the playoffs. I mean, this is an entirely different season. And I think hockey, to a little bit, uh, to that extent as well, a little bit. Um, I'm going to ask you about that a little bit later on in, 
the program. But for the NBA, clearly, they rest guys. They have load management. Uh, they, they have the ability to turn it on and turn it off when they want to. But we'll see if that works this year. So your betting approach, James, uh, does it change from the regular season to the playoffs when the playoffs begin? I think there'll be some carryover from what happened in the regular season. First thing we did each and every day, we're looking at, and we're uh, those updates on the injury report for one, the mm-hmm. status of players, who was going to be there. We know this season was very condensed, especially post all-star break, second half of the season, lots of back-to-backs, a lot of those, you know, se- seven games in 11 days, six games in nine days, a lot of travel. So you, you can see where these players, yeah, the, the load management, rest management, those types of things. Not going to have that as to a certain degree here when it comes to rest management. You know these guys are going to have to get after it and get out there and play. Right. I think for me, part of that too is though still the injury situations because there's a lot of there's a number of teams limping into these playoffs, Pritch, and and so I think it's uh, certain players that there are there's a lot of players that aren't 100 percent healthy. But not only it's one thing to not be 100 percent healthy and still be able to get out there and compete and gut it out. It's another thing when you're susceptible to injury because you're not 100 percent healthy. You know this clearly there's a big difference between pain and injury everybody wants to be the machismo we'll tough it out suck it up rub some asphalt on it kid get out there and play and play through the pain it's when you're injured that's when you are still susceptible to re-injuring what and re-aggravating whatever that injury might be those are some key injuries to watch and we can talk about a number of players that fit that mold yeah absolutely lebron james talked about that that championship pedigree uh, and can you ignore the pain in order to chase a title? Uh, and certainly he mentioned that with Golden State. So we'll get to that game. How about the Hornets uh, and the Pacers? Uh, the 10-9 matchup right here, James. Uh, currently, we have a line, uh, Indiana minus 155, 229 is the total. Uh, when you look at these two teams, what are you thinking right now as you approach maybe perhaps betting this game? Don't like where Indiana is. They, they've had a number of injuries too. They're still trying to figure out bringing in Karis LeVert now. Once he finally got traded over and got healthy and got on the court, and good for him, he was able to uh, avoid that scare with the, internally what he had and got through that. And now has performed very well out of the court. Uh, but it's not the same. I've just been struggling with this Pacers team, Pritch, all season long because I think they've been struggling not only to mix and match the talent that they have. You look at that roster. There's plenty of talent. Mm-hmm. on there some good individual players but collectively as a team just haven't been able to put it together because i don't think they've been able to really find their identity as a ball club and and are they going to play through the post and go into you know get paint touches into sabonis who, who's very crafty down there and and play and has the potential to play very well when he gets his touches and they decide that they want to go that route to go through sabonis but you know brogdon's a terrific on the ball defender he's really brought his brought his shooting game and his shooting touch up too uh really good player and, and lavert as well but i i think also some of the injuries there for indiana especially on the interior and you think about who they've lost on the inside that's really been an issue for indiana and thinking about the injuries here to folks like tj warren's been out for quite a while but miles turner miles turner really allowed their defense to extend Mm -hmm. because he was the rim protector there and he was able to clean up any drives you could over you could overplay on passing lanes and if you got beat back door there's miles turner there to clean things up for you right you can you can overplay to one hand on the dribble and they beat you to the cup he's there on the help side to protect the paint 
I think that's been a big piece missing for the Indiana Pacers, too, on the defensive end. Because, Pritch, we've seen a number of games uh, these last uh, the month of the season or so where, I mean, they're giving up 130, 140 points on a regular basis. Yeah, they are. You, you know, James, it seems like Indiana kind of turned it up defensively a little bit down the stretch. But I don't know if it's too late, too, uh, too little too late right now. But I think when I look at Indiana, too, they just didn't play up to expectations. It's probably uh, about those injuries, which you mentioned just a minute ago. And that's that's a part of it, too. And I feel like maybe there's a, a little bit of a disconnect between the coaching staff mm-hmm. and the players and still trying to fit their role. And you had a lot of different players coming in this year. And we know that this offseason wasn't the same typical offseason that for similar to what it was happened with the NFL last year, where this year, very short, t- very short schedule as far as breaking time from the end of the NBA bubble last year, rolling over to when the NBA season started this year, just not the same style of training camp not as many practices not as much time to get acclimated with your new players and players getting that getting that together on the court so i think there's so many factors for this pacer team that really has just made them feel disconnected that's where you know i I think with the hornets young team Mm -hmm. scrappy team hungry team they've been banged up as well and we know hayward is not going to be available he's been out for quite a while he was really the the one glue veteran on that team but you know ball being able to come back over the last few weeks healthy bridges just got back in the lineup after a two-week COVID protocol layoff. So uh, here looking at this game, I'm kind of leaning towards the Hornets plus the three in, in, in this game, just feeling like this is a team that, you know, yeah, they've they've lost a number of games in a row, but they've been competing in all those games, and that's what I like to see. At least how has this team been stepping out on the court? They haven't been finishing games, but have they at least been giving great effort and competing? That's what we've seen out of the Hornets, even though they haven't been able to finish games. I can't say the same for the Pacers right now. They've mm-hmm. they've, they've won a handful of games. you got to look at the situations when they won those, but also have they competed consistently, and that's what I have concerns with. They don't compete on a consistent basis. They'll compete in the play-in right. game, but can they do it for four quarters to where they execute because their identity is intact, where we know we're going to run come fourth quarter because playoff basketball, this is what it comes down to in the NBA, Pritch. You know guys got to step up and, and make shots. And the th- throw the sets out the window, and we're going to go ball screw, or we're going ISO, and somebody's just going to have to step up and make a big shot when it counts. Who's going to be that guy for the Pacers? Right now, I'm just not sure. Yeah, maybe some difference makers, too, on Charlotte when you think of LaMelo Ball, Rozier, off-ball guard. Uh, he can knock down some shots. Uh, and then they assist. Uh, they, they share the rock out there, James. Even with a 33-39 and 39 record, uh, they seem like the Charlotte Hornets seem like they exceeded expectations uh, this year uh, as they have a chance uh, in this play situation how about the Wizards and the Celtics talk about Celtics and a letdown uh can they get it together in the playoffs we'll see or this play-in situation the Wizards they need Bill on the court it looks like he's going to be out there even though he does have that hamstring situation uh, what are your th- what are your thoughts right now on this game James that's such a key injury right there with Beal. We saw him come out yesterday, got off to a really slow start, struggled shooting the ball. Not so much it was rust because he had been, he wasn't gone. He wasn't away from the court that long. He didn't miss that many games due to the injury, but you saw a shooting touch. That's the difference, playing through pain and then playing through injury. It's one thing. He's in pain because of the injury, but it is also injured. And you know full well, we've seen it with hamstring injuries, Mm -hmm. all these kind of soft tissue injuries. You can absolutely re-aggravate those. And 
Now you're going to step up into a playoff scenario where Beal's going to be counted on, and he wants to be that guy. Absolutely he does. He wants to be the guy to step in there, and when it is the fourth quarter, you know what the identity is going to be. They've actually, between he and Westbrook, the games that they've been on the floor, they've been able to coexist very well. Westbrook's really taken on the, the, the mantra of being that facilitator. He wants to score when he needs to, and it's going to be taking and driving the ball to the basket. My biggest concern is going to be with Beal. Now, the second half, especially that fourth quarter, when they needed clutch shots, he was going to make that happen. But you are susceptible to pulling that hamstring and making that, you know, putting yourself back onto the bench, back onto the sideline, re-aggravating that injury. That's probably my biggest concern because right now, Bridge, on the Boston Celtics side – Talk about we've been talking about them all season long. We talked about them in the bubble last year. Feeling right. like there was a disconnect with the coaching staff, in particular with co- head coach Brad Stevens and that ball club. What was their identity going to be? And we saw that play out and really just get get totally exposed in that playoff series against the Miami Heat. Think that carried over into this regular season. This hasn't been a team that's played consistent any kind of consistent ball all season long. Now with the injuries, the Jalen Brown and a number of guys just really really nicked up. Kemba Walker has not been healthy all season long it's a one game playoff here i want to favor the wizards in this matchup but beal's injury with his hamstring is very concerning for me yeah you know what i find it interesting that the, the celtics are at minus 500 yes to make it uh past the play-in tournament the wizards minus 450 uh to make it and it was, uh, it's probably because of seeding i get that but when you look at these individual matchups you wonder if the celtics if they do falter and their matchup uh, against uh, the wizards here can they rebound can they uh, do they have uh, uh, do they have that championship pedigree uh to still have that other opportunity to still make the playoffs I think with this team, they haven't won a championship. Right? Yeah. We think of Boston Celtics, and we think, yeah, they have all those banners hanging <laughs> in the Boston Garden, but were any of those players responsible for those ha- banners being hung up there? They weren't. They just, they have that, that. that's kind of the aura that comes when you're playing a team like the Boston Celtics. But And then last year, fell short in those conference finals against the Heat and really just got torn apart by the Heat. That's what was real concerning to me. Uh, and it just feels like that they never got over that. They haven't gotten over that and I'm not sure if they're with Brad Stevens here in that team and still trying to figure out the best player on the court is going to be Jason Tatum Mm-hmm. By far, and he's the and he's been nursing some injuries too. But he's a guy that can turn it on. He's the toughest matchup out there on either side uh, is Jason Tatum. But yeah, you look at the supporting cast; he can't do it all his own. Now that's the one thing with these games, Bridge. It's just a one game, seven game series. That's a different story. But in a one game playoff, I think the thing with the seven and the eight seed here is the fact that is there as much urgency as opposed to the nine ten. 9-10, loser, go home. 7-8, mm-hmm. if you lose, you still have the opportunity to right. play another game. Can you bounce that's back? That's the key here. Yeah. Exactly right. So maybe if you're a little nicked up, a little banged up, maybe as that game progresses and you can feel it or the coach knows it, maybe there isn't such urgency knowing that you still have another game in your back pocket to be able to play in advance of the playoffs this coming weekend. So maybe one of the hottest teams uh, out there right now, the Warriors and the Lakers. The Warriors, everybody's kind of scared of Steph. All of a sudden, he's the MVP uh, candidate, maybe favorite. Who knows? Depending on who you talk to. Uh, and then the Lakers. It seems like they're t- trying to talk themselves uh, into uh, the playoffs. But they have work to do still, James. And the Lakers, the talk, there's there's a team right there. One game playoff. Here's another thing, too. How healthy. We saw LeBron. Did he tweak his ankle towards the, the latter part of that fourth <laughs> quarter against the Pelicans yesterday? He did and had to walk off the court. Are you going to trust him now? One game series here with uh, against the Warriors. Steph Curry, I, are you going to bet on Steph Curry to be able to go out there and put up 40 
and take a, he's going to shoot half the shots. He has to mm-hmm. shoot half the shots right. for them to advance here. This is going to be a tough matchup for them going in, but talk about confidence, a team rolling in with confidence when you know you've got Steph Curry on your side, a fully healthy, 100% healthy, and 100% locked in, dialed in, confident Steph Curry on your team. you got to feel good as the Warriors rolling in. That number is reflective. It's down to 4.5 mm-hmm. in favor of the Lakers. I think that opened up, at least out here, it opened up at 6.5 early line last night. Money is coming in clearly on the Warriors right now. Yeah, absolutely, James. One of the hottest teams out there. I mean, that's what I look for, too. These teams getting hot at the right time. I mean, that's what the playoffs is all about. Uh, certainly, we'll get more breakdown with Jonathan Von Tobo, our NBA expert. But coming up next, we got a great start to playoff hockey. Two games went to overtime. We got a Stanley Cup final uh, favorite uh, in the mix tonight on the schedule. We'll discuss that coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app, stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Be sure to have that state-issued ID. Open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the -the state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Felinas with you today. James, playoff hockey. You see it everywhere. It doesn't get better than playoff hockey. And I agree with everybody when they say that. Uh, We had overtime situations in the playoffs. Even a regular season game up there in Canada went overtime. Um, But your thoughts on betting playoff hockey, uh, it kind of coincides with what I asked you when it comes to the NBA. Do you see a shift uh, and then maybe familiarity even this year because it's been a unique regular season? And so your betting approach uh, for playoff hockey think with playoff hockey yeah especially this year you just mentioned it right there what depending on your division you either face your opponent eight times or nine times if you're in that north division mm-hmm. uh, up up across in the great white north so i think yeah the, the familiarity that's definitely yeah. going to be there you have plenty of uh, of scouting reports and game tape and everything else to go back and review now it comes down to i mean think about how many how close all of these games were i mean they mm-hmm. had potential so multiple overtime games even the late game last night in Florida Tampa that Tampa took it down but they had a score late that was back and forth that was a wild run. that was a great that was game, game watch. <laughs> and I think that's what's so appealing about watching playoff hockey is now you've you've weeded out half the league so now you've got the better teams that are rolling in here to mm-hmm. face each other and I think you just the, the skill the the speed and the skill set of the of the NHL player today and really for for quite a while now it's not all of a sudden now but for for a while you've really noticed that 
that. Like to me, that you, you don't notice it. The hockey is is done a disservice when you watch it on television. It is a completely different game, especially depending on where your seat your seats are. But totally different game to watch live as opposed to watching on your television because you don't get to everybody's so fast. They all and it's all relative because they all look the same out there skating around. But when you are down there, at, you are at the ice in the arena and you get to see how skilled these guys are, how fast they are in their skates, how skilled they are precision with the puck, with the puck on their on their stick, and it's it's really, to me, it's it's it is really fun to watch the competitive nature mm-hmm. of it, how competitive and how tight it is, how close it is. Plus, the game is so fluid. I think that's the other piece too. It is fluid. You don't have yeah, you got whistles. There's penalties and those types of things, but those those are the exception. They don't happen too often, and occasionally you're going to have the offside or the icing. But the game's so fluid, right? The 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 action is constantly moving, and you know you don't have all these commercials and these TV timeouts like you do with, and say college basketball, where you know every four minutes we're getting a TV timeout. NBA, I mean, that's probably the biggest turnoff is be, there are so many fouls calls, so many whistles, breaks up the the continuity of the play. So watching right. play, watching the hockey is fun. Now betting on playoff hockey for me, Pritch, I take a little bit different approach. I'll find situations to bet. Maybe a team like we're talking about tonight with Boston and the Caps. Right, mm-hmm. Boston was the favorite. They lost yesterday or on Saturday to the Caps. Now they're getting back. Is there more of a sense of urgency for the Bruins here? Plus there's injuries. What's going to happen with Vanek? check for the goalie position for capitals uh so i'm gonna adjust so i'm gonna either pick game by game as the series progress or get adjusted series prices and that's exactly what i did with the bruins i took the adjusted series price earlier this morning they closed at a dollar 55 as the series favorite i got them earlier this morning at plus 120 uh partially because i think the bounce back is there for the bruins but also with the goalie situation with the caps i like getting a plus price with the bruins so that's where i sit with this game it's not so much this game it's the series going forward, the Bruins adjusted series price now plus a dollar twenty. Right, and because we saw uh, heavy overtime action too, of course we have odds. Uh, yes, no situation. Bruins caps. The yes is plus two eighty. Uh, the no is minus four fifty in terms of overtime. James. That's interesting. We saw how many overtimes that we had. We had, right. we had two overtimes yesterday. We had the Washington-Boston went to overtime. So three out of the first four games went to overtime. And I think that's just it. You can find those. You can bet those. We talked about that briefly yesterday on Betting Across America with Adam Candy and I were discussing that and thinking, look, these teams, especially with the matchups that we know are going to be tight, they're going to be close. These could be potentially a seven-game series, especially early in the series where there's going to be some feeling out process. Nobody wants to be the, the team that makes that mistake uh, and so they're going to pack it in a little bit more opportunities there as well especially early in the series I don't like any of those tonight because I think yeah. some of these series are going to be a one-way street so not going to play any of those for the season okay we'll look at some more of the hockey schedule because in particular I think a style of play could dictate what we see on the ice for sure speed team versus a physical team uh, Stanley Cup playoff a hockey time that's coming up next right here on VSEN the Sports Betting Network
If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all the shows, including Follow the Money, a numbers game, My Guys in the Desert, the Lombardi line with VSIN best bets. Download Betting the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, Long Shots, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. We are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you. All right, James, let's get into the schedule. Uh, great games, obviously, because they're the playoffs. you got the Predators and the Hurricanes. Seen this movie before. Uh, how do you view this game, James? The uh, Hurricanes kind of been dominant at home all year. Very dominant at home, and I think for and, and right and rightfully so. I mean, they're very clearly they're the more talented team here. They're the deeper team here. I think for Nashville, had to make a run and a yeah. great run for them the last yeah month and a half of the season, right? Maybe around mid March, they had to go on a 19-7 and one run to get themselves and secure that number four spot. So turned it around second half of the season, were able to to put themselves in position for this for this playoff play playoff series here against the Hurricanes. I'm taking the Hurricanes here. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. really betting a whole lot of these games individually. Like I told you, the 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 games will be situational at best. Do I feel like there's a team, a bounce-back situation, injuries that, that may play a part of a certain game where I'll bet it strictly as just a side or a total within that game. But more so, I'm looking at series prices and or in this case here I did I do have a couple bets on the Hurricanes that I put in not to win the series outright uh, that was laying 250 so I didn't want to lay a, 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 a price like that but I did find here for the Hurricanes I suspect they're going to be the better they're the better team like we said the deeper team here I did two series outcome bets and they were both sitting at plus 350 I'm a, I'm Banking on that the Predators can get a game, okay. and win one game. Mm-hmm. I'm banking, betting here, Carolina Hurricanes to close this, to win the series four to one is plus three fifty. Also bet it plus three fifty to close the series four to two here. So as long as it doesn't go seven games and it's not a sweep, and I suspect I still have plenty of confidence that the Carolina Hurricanes are going to win this series. So it's not it's one one extreme or the other. Somewhere right in the middle here, plus three fifty on each one. Uh, I'll put myself in a position to win plus 250 back on my return. Okay, because I was looking at Hurricanes minus 165. I mean, is that too pricey, too lofty? Maybe, but it is game one uh, of the playoffs, and and so it's going to be juiced up. Uh, I think the atmosphere certainly and enthusiasm at home. They've been a dominant team at home, too. Uh, I was going to ask you about this yes-no situation with overtime, uh, but because of familiarity, are these prices too rich, you know? And, and so I'm kind of leery of that, 160, 165 uh, for game one uh, on that feeling that, okay, it's game one, they're hosting this uh, playoff game. I think for me, Pritch, I just, we've seen it with hockey. We saw some yeah. of these games change on, it is such a fluid game, but also it can be a little fluky, mm-hmm. right? I think over the course of seven games, a series, the better team will win out and will be able to get over and get past any kind of fluky things. Sometimes a, a, a puck is redirected off somebody's skate and the goal it goes, <laughs> game over, you know, off a stick. I mean, the little fluky things out there can happen. And that's why for me with hockey, I just, I, I'd, I feel, 
feel more comfortable betting a series than I do individual games, unless, like I talked about, there there's an urgency place or a specific spot where I feel like this is a good spot for me to go ahead and lay the number. So laying a bigger number here in this first game, I mean, I've obviously I favor, favor Carolina because I've got a couple series bets on them here, but as far as being able to play play the opener tonight, laying that price right there, you know, we talked about the overtime piece. I don't like any of the overtime scenarios tonight as much as we talked about yesterday with those games, just feeling like those games could have gone either way, which they did, and we're so tight and so competitive. I just feel like this Carolina Hurricanes team is the clearly the better team here, mm-hmm. and if I have the better team on the ice, I don't want to, especially if I've got series prices on them already, Pritch, I don't want to start putting myself in a place where I'm hoping for overtime because I'm hoping they get off to a good start right. in the game as it is. Yeah, I hear you. Preds, Hurricanes, the yes, plus 320, the no, minus 550 when it comes to that overtime situation. Okay, style of play. Colorado, they're fast. Uh, they're athletic. Uh, they're great on ice, really. I think St. Louis, they're going to look to rough them up. I mean, they've, they've already been talking about that, James. A huge price, though, still for the abs, minus 300, five and a half, uh, the total in this one. How do you see it? Yeah, the price out here, it opened at laying 375 to win the series for the Avs. It rolled all the way up to it. It's at a nickel right now. You're laying $5 on the Avs. I didn't do that either, so I'm not laying those big numbers. I did something very similar to what I did with the Hurricanes. In this case here, I didn't give Dow, I didn't give St. Louis the benefit of the doubt with two games to win. I gave them the benefit of the doubt to win one game here. They did lose their top scorer due to COVID protocol with right. David Perron. He's not going to be there tonight. May It's questionable. We'll see if we even see him in this series. I just think there's just too much firepower for the Avs. Grubauer's been so special in goal. To me, this is, of all the series, Bridge, this one is the one that feels like the biggest mismatch. And I'm not some homer here. I like the Avs. I've gone to those games in the past, and it's been a long time since they've really made deep runs in the Stanley Cup playoffs and been at those. It's been a lot of fun to be at, but in this case here, I'm a fan of cash and tickets, and I think the Avs are the one that are going to cash those tickets. So the bets that I've made, I didn't bet this game tonight. I bet the series very similar to what I did with the Hurricanes. I took the Avs to sweep plus 425, and I took the Avs to win 4-1 to one series outcome plus 270. Same kind of scenario. Then there is a, kind of some things out here that the books do. You have some books that will give you some odds boost if you do little series prices or parlays. Mm-hmm. I did that too, so I threw the Avs and the Canes. I did this a few days ago, way before it got up to 500, but did it with the Avs and the Canes at plus 125 for both teams to just win their series flat out. Can the total come in play here, too? I mean, you're thinking about style. At least I am thinking a style of play is five and a half. Uh, you mentioned leading score for St. Louis, uh, not available there. But then when you look at Colorado or what St. Louis would need to do, uh, they're going to have to try to rough them up. Now, if this is closely officiated, looking at penalty situations in St. Louis, they're not a great penalty kill team. You just said the key word, <laughs> if. Yeah. If it's going to – and that's going to be the approach I'm going to be taking with NBA playoffs too. I need to see how these officials are going are gonna to take on. There's some officials out there. There's a few officials I totally avoid. Right. Gonna, we, we went through that last year in the bubble in the NBA. Not so much officials for me to avoid, referees to avoid in the NHL playoffs. But to your point, yeah, if St. Louis has to, has to rough them up and get in there and, and slow it down and, and just continue to be very physical with the abs, I want to say, 
about see how tightly that is going to be called. So I think referee officiating is going to be key in NBA playoffs as well as NHL playoffs. So that makes it difficult on the total here. Maybe you're looking at team totals and find a team total as far as the Blues not being able to put too many pucks through the back of the net because I think that might be a better spot because here the free-flowing abs, if they mm -hmm. let them play that way and they're letting them get out in the court, out in the ice and, and skate as, as fast as they are, they can put a lot of goals on the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, the number one offense and also Nathan McKinnon upgraded to probable uh, in the matchup against St. Louis tonight. Uh, coming up next, Jonathan Von Tobo, our senior NBA analyst. He joins the program. That's coming up next. hockey and basketball playoffs with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just download the app and sign up using bonus code VSIN600 to get in the ring with the king of sportsbooks. It's bonus code VSIN600 for a risk-free first bet up to $600. It's a new customer offer paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Located in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line 800-889-9789. In Indiana, it's 1-800-9WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today, and happy to bring on to the program our VSEN senior NBA expert, Jonathan Von Tobel. JVT, how are you? What's going on, guys? We're finally here, huh? 72 <sighs> games for each team. I think we're like 2,150-ish games, something like that. So we have finally reached the end. I'm very excited. I'm very excited, too, but uh, challenge, though. Challenge, though, because we have to bet on two losing teams or two teams with losing records in playoffs or a play-in situation. Uh, how do we cap this, JBT? You got the Hornets and the Pacers on Tuesday evening. Yeah, so I think when we start to look at this, Pritch, the one thing that really sticks out is that the Charlotte Hornets have kind of fallen apart a little bit, right? It, one team that I really loved coming into the season from the, the perspective of middle-tier Eastern Conference team, right? Your ceiling that was a little bit higher than a lot of people expected. They surpassed their win total at times. They look pretty good. But their offense has really fallen on some hard times. If you look at some of the offensive ratings that this team has put out lately, it has been kind of a nightmare, right? We're talking about less than a point per possession against the Clippers, offensive rating 110 against Denver, 104-09 against New Orleans. And these are recently, you know, and this is something that has kind of worried me because when you watch Charlotte throughout the entire season, the one thing that has been consistent is the fact that defensively, they're just not a good team, right? They have mm -hmm. a lot of energy. They're really plucky, good, long, young athletes. But that defense isn't getting fixed anytime soon. And to give Indiana some credit down the stretch, the one thing that they seemed to find was their offense because their defense was not catching up at all. And so their offense really started to carry some water. So I, I really understand a number like this. The problem is when you have a team on the other side like Indiana who is so poor defensively in their own right, 
I just don't really feel comfortable laying an inflated number against a team that's on a slide like this. So this is not one that I'm going to be playing. Uh, if I were to be playing it, it would be to grab about three, three and a half with the Charlotte Hornets, but it's not going to be something that's going to be on my radar come uh, tomorrow. JVT, let's jump to the next game thereafter. The Celtics hosting the Wizards. So many storylines right here with this matchup. Thinking about Boston injuries, Jalen Brown out, Jason Tatum, all the uh, all, just the grind of the season for the Celtics and how banged up they are rolling into this. Not only physically, but yes, what kind of disconnect is there between uh, the, the the players, the front office, the coaching, the coaching staff there, and then on the other side with the Wizards when Beal has and Westbrook have been on the court together especially when bill's been healthy pretty dynamic but now a hamstring injury give me your assessment first of how bill played yesterday especially as the game progressed how you think he's going to be able to to with that nagging injury roll through this playoff opportunity against the celtics and then where do you think the celtics are right now going into this game as a one and a half point favorite so as far as Bill goes, James, I think he clearly got more comfortable as that game went along. You know, had a very good fourth quarter. I think it was 11 or 12 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, the jump shot looked a little bit more clean. So I thought for observation, like, uh, observationally, just watching him play, he seemed to really work through it in the fourth quarter. And look, we've seen a couple examples of this, right? Look at James Harden's first game against San Antonio. Was really quiet the first three quarters. And then in that fourth quarter, when he came back, he had 11 points, five rebounds, two assists, and was perfect from the floor. So it takes some time for some guys to work their way through some of these injuries, especially soft tissue injuries, right? And so that's what you had with Beal. So I, I think by the time we get here with some time to rest in between, Beal will be as close to 100% as you can at this point of the season. Having said that, and, and looking at Boston and all of this, guys, go back through the games that these teams have played this year, right? Just from a point spread perspective, we're talking about Boston being a six and a half point favorite, a seven point favorite, and a three and a half point favorite. Now look, all these games, we're talking about January, February, and March, but that's a really big difference at this point right now where at the South Point, I think you guys are sitting at right now. It's like one. So I get it. Brown is not going to play. This team is banged up mentally. We don't know where they're at. But I think from a point spread perspective, as much as I have liked this Wizards team, 17 and 7 down the stretch, 18 covers over those last 24 games, from a value perspective, to me, it's all on Boston. So I think I'm going to find, I'm going to sit back. It's sitting at one, one and a half. I don't think this would get to pick, but I think there's some really solid line value here with the Celtics. I get where they're at at this point, but the Wizards are far from a perfect team. It's why they right now are in the play and it had to go 17 and 7 to get into the play and They're a really poor defensive team at times, especially against good perimeter-oriented offenses, and, and Boston can do that for at least one game. We're speaking with Jonathan Von Tobel. He's our senior NBA expert here on VSIN. Uh, JVT, I got to ask you about the play-in situation uh, with the 10-9, uh, and in particular Spurs-Grizzlies, because mm-hmm. I wonder about the makeup, you know, lose or go home, win or go home, basically. Um, and so the notion of the 8-7, you have a bounce-back situation. We know that. But how about these two teams, the Spurs-Grizzlies, when it's win or go home situation, who would you back in this game? Uh, it's going to be Memphis if I'm backing somebody, Pritch, because, you know, San Antonio gets a lot of credit, right, for, for getting to this point, but they're a banged-up team. Remember, Derek White, they lost him about two weeks ago. That's a third-leading scorer, and that has coincided with a really big dip offensively. Look, congratulations. You know, you're playing against the backups against Phoenix the other day, and you get a really good offensive output. You score 121 points, offensive rating of 117.5. But look at some of these offensive performances against legitimately good defensive teams since they've lost Derek White. An offensive rating in that first game against Phoenix of 88.6. The Knicks held them to 103. 
103.2, 103.5 against Portland, the 27th ranked defense in the NBA. You know, we can go on and on down the list of these last few games. The sellers, I mean, the Spurs have been very bad from an offensive standpoint. And from a defensive standpoint, since the second half has begun, you know, remember first half, they were top 10 defense. And I wrote about this multiple times. It doesn't compute. This is a 24th ranked defense a year ago with the same personnel. What's happening? Sure enough, second half into the mid twenties in terms of defensive efficiency. This is what this team is. And so if you look at Memphis, who had been on, I think it was a six game winning streak going into that loss against Golden State, they're just in better form at this point right now. They're healthier. So if I am backing a side, it's going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. And look, we're up to three and a half, four. I would agree with that line move. This is a much better matchup for Memphis than the Warriors matchup was yesterday. JVT, last one, last play in game yeah. on the schedule. NBA, I don't care whatever LeBron thinks of it, and he didn't like it, but the NBA knew what it was doing. Obviously, they got the matchup they didn't anticipate, but look at this matchup we have here with the Lakers hosting the Warriors and Steph Curry, who is healthy as opposed to this Laker team, just getting players back on the court, in particular LeBron James. We saw him limp off the court, re- maybe re-aggravate, twist that ankle again late in that fourth quarter against the Pelicans. What do you think about LeBron James right now? How is he feeling? What did you see from your perspective? Uh, what happened to him late in that game? And now with this number opened at six and a half in favor of the Lakers, now down to four and a half. Money clearly coming in on the Warriors with some concern about LeBron James potentially. Yeah, and James, I think DraftKings, which was one of the first to market with these numbers, opened as high as seven and a half yesterday once these games were all final. So we did see some real movement here. So we're now entering the territory of value on the Lakers, right? Like it's going to be Lakers or pass. Circa just flashed at four right now. As far as LeBron James is concerned, we can only go on two things, right? Our eyes and what they tell us. Frank Vogel tells us he's 100% ready to go for this playing game. You'd expect nothing less. Eyes, for the most part, thought he looked a little stiff. But again, as the game went on, maybe got a little bit more comfortable. We didn't get to see him finish. So I just kind of got to take him at their word at this point that he's going to be playing. But even a LeBron James, right, uh, whatever amount of health, it's LeBron James. He's still going to have Anthony Davis by his side. And we know how much better the Lakers are with him on the floor. And I think this is what intrigues me, right? Because the Lakers what carried their water without LeBron James on the floor, without Anthony Davis on the floor, was a defense that was in the top four of defensive efficiency. If you guys remember, in the immediate 13 games after losing LeBron James, when they were playing without both of them, the defense waned down the stretch. And what has been really impressive about the Warriors have been able to do is, besides Steph Curry just going off almost every single night, look at these offensive outputs. Offensive rating, 118.7, 139.5, 118.4, 132.6, 120.4. This is during this winning streak that they're on. They have been absolutely on fire. So I understand taking seven with this team. And keep in mind, too, this is still top 10 defensive team the Golden State Warriors not really talked about. But at this point, now that we're talking about four, if it gets to three and a half, I'm going to find myself on the Lakers because that's some really solid line value, I think, at this point right now. The Lakers are beat up. I get it. But if we're talking about three and a half points between these two, I think it's a little bit higher than that with the Lakers playing at home. And, and I think there's some solid line value. So that's my buy price, about three and a half and circa at four. We're entering the territory where it's going to be Lakers or nothing. JVT, let's look into the future. DraftKings has series prices on a matchup. Everybody is anticipating the three versus six uh, Bucks versus Heat. Uh, you got the yeah. Heat plus 225, the Bucks minus 295. I think everybody's waiting for this situation because of the revenge factor. But I, I think the Bucks have changed through midseason. Uh, along the way no no longer it's about greek freak i think they're more team oriented perhaps a problem for the heat 
Uh, you know, it could be Pritch. And here's the thing. There's there's two things you got to consider when you're looking at this series, right? One, remember the discount now you're getting on Milwaukee. This is a team that was well over 350, 370 in their series last year in Orlando in the bubble. Now we're talking about 275-ish in that range for them to win this series. So there's mm-hmm. been that adjustment. And by all accounts, right, Miami has kind of gotten worse. Jay Crowder is not on this team anymore. They had struggled offensively throughout the entire year. Bottom 15 in terms of offensive efficiency. Bottom 15 in terms of three-point shooting. So you're getting this discount because Miami beat them the last time around. But by, you know, every statistic, Miami is worse than they were last year. But Milwaukee is still in the mid-20s. It's something I've talked to you about on this network ad nauseum. Perimeter defense is still really a big problem. And quietly, over the last 14 games of the regular season, guys, Miami is a top-10 offense. And so is the shooting that they have found, this is my question about the series, is the shooting that they have found, Miami, is mm-hmm. this real? Because if it's real, I think they can exploit that. And we're talking about another upset here. But I just don't know. For both of these teams, I have massive issues on both sides where this is not one that I'm going to play pre-series. This is one I'm going to be involved in maybe on a game-to-game basis. Sounds strong enough to me. Uh, it's sensible, too, to be honest with you, with the NBA, even though it's a playoffs, we'll be waiting for this situation. Uh, still be careful. Uh, and we have experts like you to help us out. Thanks for your time, JVT. That was awesome. Yeah, good to talk to you guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, When we continue in hour number two, uh, we're going to get to some NFL stories. Absolutely. Also, some Major League Baseball breakdown that as well. All that and more coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.